Hi and welcome. We're so excited that you chose to join us today. And we hope that this message will inspire you to live the life that God designed you to live. For this message or others like it, you can go to our website or you can find us on our YouTube channel. Now sit back, relax, enjoy this message. So at this time we want to electrify, I mean welcome Seth Dahl to the stage. Ushers, you can pass offering containers. Thank you so much, Seth, for coming and being with us. Oh, no, I am, I am. You can stand up here. Good morning, everybody. How are you? I'm amazing. We've had a good couple days with the kids and parents. How many of you weren't here the last couple days? Will you raise your hand? All right, awesome. Tell you a little bit about... Man, Sam, do we still have the picture of my family? Sorry, I, you, I realize some of you know me now really good, and some of you have no idea who I am. So this is my family. My wife is Lauren, and we live in Los Angeles. I worked at Bethel Church um, under Bill Johnson and those guys for 10 years on staff. I was children's ministry director, children's pastor, um, children's ministry exporter, and we recently, in the last eight months, moved to Los Angeles through a bunch of crazy signs from God, too many signs that were way too obvious to dismiss. You know, sometimes God talks to you, and you're like, oh, I could dismiss that. He talked to us in ways we just couldn't ever dismiss, would be foolish to dismiss. So this is our little family. They're a little bit older now, because that picture's kind of old, but um, Brooklyn is our daughter. She's eight. Our older son is August, like the month, Brooklyn Joy, August Noah, and then the little one is Arrow Hawk. So he has a very intense name and a very awesome name. Uh, My wife and I wrote a book for young parents, parents of young kids, called Win-Win Parenting. Way too many families are not win-win. They're win-lose or lose-win, and if a family is win-lose or lose-win, really it's lose-lose. If someone in the family is not winning emotionally, physically, mentally, no one's winning. We want everybody winning. We want the kids winning and the parents. So we call it Happy Parents Raising Thriving Children. We have a kind of a rule. We set boundaries around the things. We we don't allow our kids to do things that will make us not enjoy them. If you let your kids do things that will make you not enjoy them, pretty soon you don't enjoy them, and then your whole home is grumpy. We can't have that. We want kids. Our father actually enjoys us. He likes us. God likes us. God likes to be with us. God enjoys our presence. He enjoys our company. A lot. He doesn't just love us. He likes us. So we should like our kids too. This is called Arrows. We did name our son after this. It's from Psalm 127.4. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. So this is um, 
I believe it's very important to train our children in the ways of the kingdom, in the things of God at home, not just at church. So this book is very much like um, contributions to the home, contributions to society, not doing more things for your kids than you should, um, giving them responsibility in the home, uh, discipline, correction, Discipline versus punishment, self-control versus control. So this is like how to have a peaceful home. This is like how to have a supernatural home. And it's all five-minute videos, um, 26 videos, five minutes apiece because I'm a parent of three young children. And so I know I can't have a video that's an hour long very often. I need five-minute videos to teach me. So in this, we, we teach like ministering to the sick in public. Some like the homework one week is like take your kids out in public and look for sick people and minister to them. Another one is how to hear God's voice and give prophetic words at the dinner table. Fun stuff like that. Um, this book I wrote with Bill Johnson, it's called God is Really Good. So it's a story um, about all the problems happening in the forest. Um, Sparrow's really, really concerned about all the problems that he found in the forest. And he starts to, con- get, starts to wonder whether or not God's really good. And then he meets Lily, Lily and Sparrow. Consider the lilies, how they grow, and the birds of the air, how they neither sow nor reap, toil nor spin, yet the Lord takes care of them all. So this is based on that verse. And Lily is totally unfazed by all the problems in the forest. Totally unfazed. And she explains to Sparrow how God is really good, even when bad things are happening. Come on, that right there. I could just preach that to you, and we could go home. And then I brought this book. I just started bringing these books. There's an older one for older kids. This is the junior version. They were out of the the older kids' ones. I didn't write this book. I just read this book. And I think this is one of the most important things we can do with our kids is explain the difference between good pictures and bad pictures on the Internet. If we do not talk to our kids first, when we do talk to them, they'll think we're trying to. Here's what here's how this works. Whoever talks to children first, that's what they believe is true, even if it's a lie. Whoever talks first, that's what they believe is true. That's why you go down certain places and you have children who are taught that racism is normal, that racism is good. And then you have someone come along a a, a year later and like, actually, no, that's not real. Like, that's not good. That's actually kind of dumb. And because the kid was told first about racism, that's what they think is true. Whoever talks first, our kids believe to be true. So if the school talks first, when you talk and say something different, they'll think the school was right and you're wrong. And now you're fighting against what they believe to be true because you didn't talk first. If you don't talk about the real difference between boys and girls first, someone else will try to talk to them. And you don't want someone else to convince them that that's true. Hope Maybe. Maybe you do. I don't know. But this is a really important topic. Like the average child in America is exposed to pictures and videos they should not be seeing. The average kid, nine years old. You know, when I was a kid, if I wanted to look at bad pictures, I had to go steal magazines. 
I had to steal them from the top shelf, and I was really short, so it was really hard. <laughs> now you don't have to steal magazines. Now we, just, now we just put the magazine right in their pocket. Not even a magazine. Now we just put the, now it's not pictures anymore, it's videos. This is a really important topic. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to go read the book because you should be the one telling your kids about that, not me. Man, sorry, that's really. Does anybody have a young child, like a young kid that I could give this to? You guys? Here. My friend, will you take this back to her right there? Will you help me? Thanks, buddy. All right. Come on. So last night in worship, I had this picture for the church. I saw, um, I saw these old boxing hands with old tape around them, and they, the tape was all beat up, and the tape was all worn down, and the tape, you know how, like, they tape up boxers' knuckles and hands to support and to strengthen, and so when they punch, they're, all their bones are, like, kind of held together so they don't split apart you know like that's to support the knuckles and the hands and so they tape them up but after you box for a while the tape gets old and it needs to be refreshed and I saw God take off old tape from old battles old fights and remove it and say I want to put new tape on and new gloves and I saw him retape your guys hands as a church as a community retape your hands and I felt like he was saying there's new support coming in the fight there's new strength coming in the fight there's new um structure coming in the fight and then he put on gloves and he said I want to give you a bigger punch and I want to protect your 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 punch more I want to protect your hands more and I saw the Lord put on these big red boxing gloves and he said the the red was for the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus is putting on a new way to fight and I like you know how like a boxer like you if you punch with your knuckles you have a certain size punch but when you have a boxing glove your punch gets bigger and it distributes the force so when you hit the forces distribute so you don't get hurt as the same as if you punch with bare knuckles it actually protects your knuckles and distributes the force through your hands so you don't get hurt and distributes the force to their face to the enemy's face so they do get hurt come on I felt like the Lord was saying I'm just giving you New fight, a new fight. So I need a kid to help me because we have the kids in here. I want a kid to help me. Now, who wants to help me? You, come here. Come here, buddy. What's your name? Brody. Brody. Hold that for a second. Will you take a bite of that and tell me what you taste? Tell me what it is. Do you know what that is? You don't? Take another bite. It's really good for you. It's healthy. Come on, Brody. This is a vegetable. You got to eat that. If your, parents, if your parents can't get you to eat vegetables, don't worry. I'll help them. I'll get you to eat your vegetables in church. Go ahead. Take another bite. Come on. You're my helper. My helper is supposed to take a big bite of that thing right there. Take a big bite. Does another kid want to help me? Who's, where's another kid that wants to help me? Because I got another chunk. All right. I need a girl, though, this time. Where's the girl? You want to come help me? Come here. 
take a big bite. What are you doing? Turn around so everybody can see you take a big bite. Let your parents see you that it's possible for you to eat vegetables right in front of everyone. Come on, I'm helping you here. That's good for your life. Take a bite, chew it. You chew that thing. You want to come here and help me? No, you, you want to? No. Where's the girl that wants to help me? I saw a girl over here. Come here. Come on. Quick, hurry. Brody, take another bite. Do you know what this is? Is it not good? <laughs> Let me try it. Oh, man, that's delicious. Here, take a bite. What do you think? No. Yeah? Okay, so that's a... Does anybody know what that is? It's a cucumber. Okay, now, Brody, here. <clears throat> Give me your cucumbers, because I know you don't like them. I would totally eat that whole thing. No problem. Now, I want you to grab one of those and take it. These are smaller. That's the first difference I noticed. I want you to take a bite of that, see if you like it. My son is so funny, he loves pickle juice, so he just gets the jar and drinks it. You don't like those either? Brody, do you like those? Oh, Brody likes the... What are those? Do you know what those are called? Maybe you got a weird one. You want another? You want a couple more? No? I'm going to put that there. Brody, eat that whole thing. That's good for your belly. You like that one? What is that called? Mm. You want to go spit that out in the bathroom real fast? Are you holding it in there? <laughs> oh, okay. Do you know what that's called? Pickle. Pickle. Okay, so we have cute. You guys can go sit down. Thank you. We have pickles, cucumbers, and pickles. Now, here's what most people don't know. Pickles and cucumbers are the exact same until the pickle soaks in this juice, vinegar, whatever else is in there, salt, all this stuff. So we take cucumbers and we put them inside a jar with juice, with certain juices. People make different ones. Those are dill pickles, but you can make sweet pickles and all different kinds of pickles. And, but the point is, the pickle is really a cucumber that's just absorbed something else into it. And so we're like, oh, I don't like the cucumber, but that pick Brody's like, yeah, that one's gross. Ooh, this one's good. A lot of kids don't like cucumbers, but they love pickles. A lot of people like cucumbers and don't like pickles. But the point is, a pickle is a cucumber until it soaks in the juice and it's still a cucumber, and it's absolutely not a cucumber. I know this might sound weird, but the first place you ever see the word baptism for baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptism, the first place ever they found the word for baptism, the Greek word, is in an ancient recipe for pickling pickles. So a cucumber gets baptized into the juice and comes out a pickle. When we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we get baptized, when we get filled, like a 
pickle, a cucumber gets filled with the juice. When we get filled with Holy Spirit juice, Holy Spirit thoughts, God's thoughts, we, we get totally transformed. We're still us and we're not. I just like cucumbers and pickles. I think it's awesome. The Bible says in Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If we want to prove God's will, demonstrate God's will, show God's will to the earth, what is God's will? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's his will being done when earth looks like heaven? It's really simple. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. What's his will? On earth. As it is. In heaven. If we want to prove God's will. If we want to show God's will. If we want to make earth look like heaven. It's all based on how we think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you may prove God's will. Are you with me? It's kind of important how we think. I'm going to show you a couple more verses. This Psalm, Psalm 119. Sorry, kids, I didn't put these on the screen, but I'm going to put some stuff on the screen in a minute. This is Psalm 119, verse 99. It says, I have more understanding than all my teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. I have more understanding than all my teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. That is a crazy verse. That's like saying to me, if I were to read this to myself, I have more understanding than Bill Johnson because your testimonies are my meditation. That's a crazy thing to say. I have more understanding than Kenneth Copeland because your testimonies are my meditation. I have more understanding than Brother Hagen because your testimony, that's what this is saying. If we know what to do with testimonies, we understand, we learn how God's world works. We learn how God works. We learn how God thinks. Most of us don't take testimonies and meditate on them. We take disasters and meditate on them. We take problems and meditate on them. We take bad things and meditate on them. Like we were just talking about motorcycles. I can't tell you when I bought a motorcycle, how many people said, Seth, I know this guy, he had a motorcycle and he died. I'm like, well, I have a choice. I can either choose to think and believe and live according to that story of this guy having a motorcycle falling off and dying or I can choose to live, think, and believe according to the stories of all the people who rode motorcycles their whole entire life and never died from a motorcycle. Brother, you go swimming in the ocean. I know a guy that got bit by a shark. I mean, t- took his whole leg off. Well, I can either build my life around that story or I can build my life around a story of people like, wow, the shark circled me and it was like God protected me and they never bit anything. Are you with me? Brother, I know this one person, they got in an airplane. They got in an airplane like, well, so you'll never fly 
You'll never swim in the ocean if you build your life around stories of disaster. You'll never ride a motorcycle if you build your life and thinking, if you build your life and thinking on what the enemy's done instead of what God's done. We only prove God's will by thinking the way God thinks. And we learn to think the way God thinks by meditating on testimonies. The Bible's playing, I think. You know, in school, we take, I don't know, when I was little, we took frogs and we dissect, we cut them open and we dissected them. Kids, have you guys ever dissected a frog? Some of you have, the older guys have totally chopped a frog open, opened it up and dissected it. Why? To discover how the frog works, to discover what's inside the frog, to discover all the different parts, to learn about the frog. What would happen if we took testimonies and cut them open and dissected them in our minds and in our hearts and we started thinking the way God thinks? What if we built our lives, our thought lives? What if we built everything around what God has done, not around what the enemy's done? Come on, I've, I've been to some crazy countries. I've been to these crazy, scary, wild countries. I've been to full-on Muslim countries. I have so many people like, brother, you need to be careful. You need to go, if you go to that place, you need to be careful. Does the government say it's safe? Does it? I'm like, I don't care what the government says. I care what my government says. I'll go to that dangerous place. If God sends me to that dangerous place, I'll go. Why? Because I believe in his power to protect me from all these crazy stories of people who are protected. So I'm not going to be afraid to go to that place based on some people who've been killed. I'm going to go to that place based on some people who've been protected. Are you with me? Look, we always have a choice how we're going to think. We always have a choice how we're going to believe. We always have a choice how we're going to create our lives. And most Christians create a life and a thought pattern and mindsets and belief systems around what the enemy's done, not God. Brother, I know we're, gonna, I know we're supposed to pray for the sick, but I had my, my grandpa, he died of lung cancer. So, brother, every time people get lung cancer, they're just going to die. I don't think, like, wait a second. What about all the people who've been healed of lung cancer? Are you going to build your thoughts around what the enemy's done, around what didn't happen, or are you going to build your thoughts around what did? See, the spirit realm always works through agreement. Look, if I tell a boy, like, wow, you are an amazing young man. You're a godly young man. You're a powerful young man. The Lord is with you. The Lord is on your life to do amazing things. The Lord is on your life. The Lord has put angels around you to keep you safe, to protect you. The Lord is giving you angels to go before you and prepare things so you walk into stuff you couldn't make happen if you tried. You're going to accidentally find yourself walking into things you couldn't make happen if you worked at it for years. God's going to bring you in. It's God's favor on your life. God has favor on your life. Things are going to happen for you accidentally. No one can make happen on purpose. Okay, so I tell him that. If he agrees with me, guess what? Guess what he believes is all around him? The angels. Guess what he believes is happening in front of him? Angels going before. Guess what he believes? Wow, I'm gonna act, God's going to put up things in front of me, favor in front of me. I'm going to walk into these things. But if he doesn't agree with me, 
The whole Bible is full of all these crazy, amazing prophecies, and they're just waiting for someone to agree with them. The devil has all these crazy words. He's just waiting for Christians to agree with him. The whole battle in the Bible, the spiritual warfare that we're in is all in the mind. Not over Ashby in here. We don't destroy strongholds over Ashby. We destroy strongholds, arguments, and lofty things that raise themselves up against the knowledge of God. Where? In our heads. If I agree with what the devil says about my life, I just empowered him to do that in my life. If I believe what, if I agree with what God says about my life, I empower him to do that in my life. You know, God came to Zacharias and said, you're going to have a kid. Zacharias like, yeah, I don't know. We can't have children, basically. Not, this is my paraphrase. And God says, okay, now you can't talk till the baby's here. You know why? You're not going to be able to mess up what I'm trying to do. I'm going to stop you from messing up what we're, I'm trying to do. I wish God would do that to more of us. I wish God would say, you know, Gina, I have, I have this crazy, crazy plan for you, and I am going to stop you from messing it up. I will not let you mess it up so you can't talk. Why? Because you can't actually release, you can, if, even if you don't agree with God, you can't talk about it because if you talk about it, you really just mess it up. You know, the, you know Joshua and the Battle of Jericho where they're supposed to walk around Jericho and God shuts their mouths too? Isn't it interesting that God doesn't shut the mouths of the Jericho army? He shuts their mouth. You know why? We have much more influence on our destiny than the devil does. The enemy's up on the top of the walls, probably like, what are you guys doing? Shouting, shouting, shouting. But God wouldn't let them talk. God wouldn't let them say a word. God did not want them to mess up what he was trying to do in their lives. He didn't care how much the enemy talked. He just made sure they didn't talk and mess it up. God wants to do amazing things in our lives. But how we think and how we talk decides whether or not they actually happen. We have a part to play. God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. He just prefers to do it with us. He likes to partner with us. He'd rather go somewhere and do something amazing with his kids than by himself. I would rather travel with my family than by myself. It's way better. I hope I'm making sense to you. Look at this verse. Psalm 119, 111. Well, let's first that... That verse, 99. If we know what to do with testimonies, we'll gain understanding in how God's world works. We'll learn how God's world works when we take what he's done before and, and really, really pull it apart. Here's this verse. Your testimonies I have taken as an inheritance forever because they are the rejoicing of my heart. Whenever we hear what God has done for someone else, when we celebrate it, we actually open ourselves up for it to happen to us. 
When we celebrate what God has done for another person, we open our, we become available for him to do it in our lives. We hear a crazy story about some miracle. When we celebrate that, we're saying, I want that to happen with me. In Hebrew, the word testimony actually means to talk about what God has done so that he can do it again. Every time we hear what God has done for someone else, he's trying to do it again. He's, he's ta- he, every time we hear what God has done for another person, faith comes by hearing. But if I don't agree, I don't receive the faith he's trying to give me. Faith isn't something I work up. Faith is something we receive. Faith isn't something we earn or achieve or accomplish. Faith is something we receive when he talks and when he reminds us of what he's done before. It's supposed to give us the faith for it to happen again. It actually opens up the whole place for the same miracle to happen, what happened before, every time we hear it. Every time we read a story about a miracle in the Bible, it's available for us. It's supposed to retrain how we think. Are you guys even here? Here's what I wrote down. If the way I think is different than how God thinks, I'm the one who has to change. We, I was in kids' church March, I think it was March 2016, a couple years ago, a little more than two couple years ago and um and i get this text message can we put up that first text message look at this text message so i'm in kids church there's 100 kids in the room 95 kids and i get this message from my friend camille she takes a screenshot she sends it to me she says um she says um so don't the top is just them chatting i'm so happy thank you jesus um And then she writes down here, today, 7.56 a.m. Hi, Camille. I'm at Bethel this morning. Do you know anyone here I should ask to pray that this brain cancer be gone? So this woman comes to Bethel. She has multiple brain tumors, inoperable brain tumors. The doctors can't operate. She had all this stuff. She'd had brain cancer. She'd had cancer before and got healed once at Bethel. So she decided, I have brain cancer again. I'm going to Bethel again. And she comes to Bethel to go to the healing rooms, and she writes, the healing rooms were closed yesterday. I was so disappointed. There's, the healing rooms are only closed two days, two Saturdays in the whole year. And she shows up with multiple brain tumors, brain cancer. She shows up to go to the healing rooms, and she gets there. She's like, oh, today we're closed. It's, the one, it's one of the two days in the whole year that we're closed. And so she's like super bummed. So this is Sunday morning. She texts her friend Camille, who texts me. She's in Reading. Camille's in Texas. She texts Camille in Texas. Camille texts me, and, and I said, I wrote back to Camille. I said, we'll send her up to the kids. She's looking for someone to pray for, someone full of faith. Someone full of faith. Someone who thinks like God. Is there someone here who thinks like God, believes like God? Is there someone who believes like God in the building because healing rooms are closed? What do I do? I said, send her up to the kids. So I told the team, I said, hey, team, a lady is coming up here with multiple brain tumors. They're inoperable. We talked a little bit more. 
I said, we're going to have the kids pray for her. We're going to give her her own private healing rooms. And my friend says, oh, I see a picture. We put, I see us putting a chair in the middle of the room, and we have the kids gather around and pray for her right in the middle of the room. And another person says, oh, we have this giant stuffed lion. We have like, we like lions. So we had a giant stuffed lion, like a really big one. And we like, I see a picture of us laying the lion at her feet. Let's put the lion at her feet and have the kids surround her and pray for her. And then I thought, let's do it one group at a time. So we'll do first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. We'll let all the kids pray for her. We'll tell the kids, be really careful. Like, don't be grabbing her head because you got, you know what I mean? Like, you can't just grab this lady's head. She's tender. And so like, we're just like, so we get, she comes up and we say, Hey, we're gonna we're putting a chair here. So Jesus said, here's what Jesus said. I only do what I see the Father doing. So we have this lady coming up. There is no, just so you know, Jesus did the same miracle, way, way different. Every time he did these miracles, it was always different. There was not like a this is how you do this. There is no this is how you do this. There's lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But there's also, well, Jesus just said a word and somehow a person in another city gets healed instantly because he spoke. Then another person is like, here. And he makes mud and puts it in their face. Are you with me? It's like, Jesus, why don't you just do the same thing all the time? Because he only did what he saw the father doing. So we were saying, this lady with brain cancer is coming up. Father, what are you doing? Okay, chair. Okay, lion. Okay, kids. One group at a time. So we're just trying to follow God. So can you go to the next picture? So here's what we did. We, we put her in there. There she is. Her husband's off somewhere else. And these are, I think these are the first graders. And they're all gathered around her. You see the lion down at her feet? See the lion here? Right there. So we put that giant stuffed lion at her feet. Later, she told us, she said, I have a picture of a lion in my hallway, a picture of a lion laying down. And the way the lion was laying at my feet looked exactly the same as the picture on my wall. Like, wow, that's cool. So the kids all pray for her. So we take the first graders. We say, worship's happening. We just had worship for like an hour. The kids are, the worship leaders are just worshiping. Kids are singing. We said, first graders, this is our friend Trish. She's got brain cancer. God wants to heal her. We're going to pray for her. So I want you to gather around, get around her, and pray for her. So all the kids, the first graders, we send them first. All the other kids are just worshiping. The first graders get around her. They pray. A few minutes later, we're like, okay, first graders, come on. It was the most peaceful, powerful thing I'd ever seen in kids' church. The kids were perfectly behaved the kids were moving so in sync with the holy spirit they were so quiet they were so gentle they was like the first graders like okay and they moved off and the second graders they went and circled her and prayed for the third graders went and prayed for and we just went through first second third fourth that's how we have in the room well we get to the fourth graders and the kids are all there and i said hey if any of you want to pray on the mic come on up and grab the mic and pray and so this little boy comes up. I think he was fourth grade or third grade. He comes up. He takes the mic, and he starts to pray, Father, thank you. And he's just praying. And then all of a sudden, he says, Cancer, we flick you off like a bug. <laughs> and when he said it, I f- it was like the word. It, was, I f- it wasn't. It was God talking. 
It wasn't this little boy. It was a little boy saying, cancer, I flick you off like a bug. He's like, like, and, but the words had so much weight on them. Does that make sense? You know what I'm talking about. The, word, the words came out of his mouth like, well, that was not that kid. That was God. God's trying to tell us something. God's trying to tell us how he sees brain cancer. God's trying to tell us how he sees multiple inoperable, inoperable brain tumors, but he had to say it through a child because the rest of us were too grown up thinking that cancer, multiple brain tumors in a head are bigger than God thinks they are. He had to use a child to teach us how he thinks. In other words, God doesn't think like us about brain cancer. We think brain cancer is a really big deal. And God's like, I know it sounds wrong, but we better not put brain cancer above the name of Jesus. Most people talk about cancer as if it's the Lord. As if every knee should bow to it. We talk about cancer as if every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that cancer is in charge. Uh, wait, that's not what the Bible says, right? Isn't that, is that what it says? But we talk like that. We think like that. We believe like that. We believe every knee bows to cancer. Every body dies from cancer. We believe this stuff. And it's totally different than what he says. And God is like, oh, man, cancer, multiple brain tumors. As soon as the kid said it, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think like God. I don't think like God. That kid does. I don't. I want to think like God. I said, kids, we're going to pray all together. Let's all gather around, and we're going to get around this lady, and we're going to stand there, and we're going to say, in Jesus' name, and that's our prayer. We're going to get around this lady, and we're going to say, in Jesus' name, cancer. So we did. All the kids, 90-some, 95 kids, and a bunch of adults. We gather around this lady. In Jesus' name, cancer, get off. And then we went about our day. Time for a bathroom break, kids. Let's go to the bathroom. I know you got to pee. So we, we all went to the bathroom. Can you go to the next picture? This is months later. My brain, not months, like a month and a half or something. My brain MRI today amazed the doctors. Cancer is gone. Hallelujah. It's a miracle. Can you let your friend, the youth pastor, know? I want the children to know. I met the kids pastor at Bethel. Yes, of course. He texted me last week asking for an update. Amazing. God is so good. Yes, those kids prayed that God would flick the cancer off like a bug. I was disappointed when the healing rooms were closed, but God wanted me to be prayed for by those kids. The doctors are truly amazed and don't know what happened. There's a reason Jesus said, if we want to enter the kingdom or be great in the kingdom, we have to repent and become like little children. The word repentance means to change the way you think. 
If you want to enter the kingdom or be great in the kingdom, you have to change the way you think to think like a kid. Because a kid thinks, my God is really big and cancer is really small. Can we go to the next picture? So I wrote this. Oh, all right. So she sent me MRIs. She sent me the scans, slices. On this side, actually, can you go to the next picture first? This is what she wrote me. Hi, Seth. In March, Camille told me to have your children's ministry pray for me. At the time, I had multiple inoperable brain tumors. I just want to, you to know, shortly after that, the MRI showed the tumors were gone. Attached are slices from the MRI scans showing before and after. The right shows tumors. The left shows them gone. One shows my brainstem almost closed off by a tumor, and the left shows the tumor gone and the brainstem open, completely rounded and open. Thank you for your ministry of children, allowing them to exercise faith in a great God who hears our prayers no matter our age. Okay, can we go to that next picture now? So here's the one with the tumor squashing the brainstem. See the tumor right below the brainstem? And the brainstem is all squashed. And here the tumor is gone and the brainstem is all open. That's the picture she was referencing. She sent me four pictures. I'm just showing you one for time. But the, the tumor is here squishing the brainstem. If the brainstem is squished, the life inside the brain does not go anywhere in the body. No kidneys, no lungs, no heart. If the brainstem is pinched off, everything begins to die because the life does not flow through the spine the way it's supposed to flow from the head to the spine to every place in the body. And there, it's gone. Totally gone. Hallelujah. Here's... We, we all have to change the way we think about disease because that is how God thinks about it. Are you, are you, do you hear me? This, we have to repent to think cancer is no match for our Jesus. Cancer is not a big deal to Jesus. It matters to him. It's just not a big deal. He doesn't get scared of it. He's not afraid of it. He's not nervous about it. He's not worried about it. He's not even a little bit. He doesn't even flinch. He doesn't flinch. He's like a little kid that's like, where's the bug? Let's get it. Let's get that cancer off. I know it sounds totally wrong. It's like we should be oh, we should be all serious all the time. Serious, Lord, please touch our sister. Touch her, Lord, we pray. We think we're supposed to be all serious all the time. Oh, Jesus. And he's like. <laughs> he's like, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. <laughs> there you go. I prayed for you. Yeah, I prayed for you. Now open your eyes. Can you see? Whoa, you can see. Yeah, I prayed for you. Come on. Come on, grown-ups. Oh, my gosh. You guys, we're, we're way too grown up. We're way too grown up. Is there someone in here that has a shoulder injury from like a work accident? 
You do? You do too? Would you guys just stand up for a second? Is there anybody else? A shoulder injury from a work accident. Okay, look. Wow, wow, wow. Are any of you named Stephen? Is there anyone named Stephen in here? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Pastor Steve. It's not from a work injury? That's all right. Here. Well, we can pray for all shoulders anyway. Here, you guys, will you stand up too? Stephen, I have another word. Is there another Stephen? Did I see you're Stephen too? Well, I got a word for Stephen, and I'll tell you in a minute. Kids, where's the kids at? No, you can stand up. Yeah. You have shoulder? Yeah. You have a shoulder? Okay, here, stand up. Come on. We're going to flick off shoulder injuries. We're going to wipe shoulder injuries off. Kids, where's all the kids? I need your help. You kids want to help me? Now listen, I told you the story I told you so that God's thoughts and God's faith could soak into you so you're not just a normal kid. Now you're a live wire. See, a wire, a wire without power running through it is not a live wire. It's a dead wire. And a li- uh, as soon as the power goes through, as soon as it's, the power starts flowing, as soon as the switch is on and the power's through, all of a sudden the wire is live. <clears throat> Watch out. It's going to shock you. It's going to electrocute you. As soon as the pickle gets, as soon as the cucumber gets into the juice, it starts to become a pickle. I told you that story. So the way you think can change to think like God. So all these people have shoulder injuries. Here's what I want you to do. Can all of you test it out? Like some of you, you will know if it's healed, right? Yeah, you guys, maybe. Some of you, maybe not. Some of you will know for sure. Like, oh, yes, that just got healed. All right, kids, if you're with me, if, you're, if you want to help me, I want you to quickly stand up and go to a person who's standing right now. Just go to them quick. We're going to let the kids loose. Yeah, go ahead. As soon as you have kids with you. Actually, if you're standing up, raise your hand. Kids, and as soon as a kid gets to you, then I want you to put your hand down so I can see who still needs a kid with them. So we need a, we need a kid or two back here. We need the kids over here. We need kids over here. We need kids back here. Raise your hand. Oh, you got a kid. Never mind. You got kids with you. Kids, if you see somebody with their hands up, with a hand up, go to them. You guys got kids? We need a kid. We need two kids back there. Yes, there we go. You got a kid with you? Not yet. Raise your hand, will you, so the kids can see you? Kids, is there a kid that can go? Come on. Come here. Come here, man of God. A lot of angels around you. Get over there. Get over there. No, right here, right here. This lady, you got her. You got somebody. Everybody has somebody with them. Kids, here's what I want you to do. There's no magic prayer. There's no magic formula. There's no secret words. There's no nothing. All you do is say, you know what? Jesus doesn't want these people to have shoulder injuries, just like he doesn't want people to have brain cancer, just like he doesn't want people with any kind of disease. He doesn't want people sick. He likes people healed. Because in heaven, no one's sick. So it's our job to make earth look like heaven. You know what else I like to tell kids? Here's how I like to tell kids to pray for the sick. You're the boss, and it has to listen to you. 
Sickness has to listen to you the same way it listened to Jesus. You get to boss it around. Some of you, I can tell, like to be bossy. Some of you like to be really bossy to your little siblings, your little brothers and sisters. You like to boss them around. Just pretend like the sickness is a little brother or sister and just boss, tell it what to do. All right? So kids, I want you to find out which shoulder it is. Quickly find out which one it is. Because it might not be both. It might just be one. You don't want to pray for the left one if it's the right. Oh, this is so fun. Kids, there's no secret words. I want you to just, with God, we just say, Lord, will you show these kids what to pray? We just want to pray what you're praying. We know that you don't think this is a big deal. This is not too big for you. It's way small. It's way small. All right, kids, I want you to just take like 10 seconds and pray for them. Super simple. Adults, it's just your job to receive. You're not achieving anything. You're just receiving. You're just receiving what God wants to do. All right, kids, pray out loud just for like 10 seconds. Boss it around. Shoulder. Just work. I command that everybody's shoulder will be healed. <laughs> Come on. There we go. Okay, so take your hands off, kids. Adults with shoulders, I want you to try and do something you couldn't do. I want you to check your pain. I want you to check your mobility. I want you to check Check it out. See what's different. You're looking for what's different. Hold on. Tell us. Zeke is healed. What's happening? Tell us more. My shoulder is healed. I do not have the pinching. Every time I turn my arm like this, it would pinch. And now it's not pinching. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Give Jesus a hand. Hold on. Everybody else. What's happening? Can you guys tell me what's happening? Check it. You're looking for a difference. You're looking for a change. You're looking for something else. How many of you feel a change happening inside or it's completely healed? Can you explain what's going on? Say it out loud for all of us. The tension. So maybe you have some tension all up into your shoulder, neck, back area, like it's all tightened up and everything, and now it feels relieved. Can you, did you have like mobility problems? It feels much better. How, like what percent? Like, it feels way better. You would say it's healed. You're moving it around like it's no big deal. Come on, say thank you to Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Yeah. Come on. Somebody else, is there anybody else like you can tell something's happening, something's changing? You can feel it already right now. Does anybody else have that already? You're checking for what has happened, not for what hasn't happened. Some people are like, oh, it's a teeny tiny bit better. Well, God's doing something. God's up to something. Wow, it's a tiny bit better? That means it's better than it was? Wow, come on. Is somebody, anybody like... Can you tell me what's going on? What's happening with you? How do you feel? Still there. Is it all the way there? Is it a little bit changed? Good. We're going to go after it again. Kids, put your hands right back on him. 
This is so good. Jesus prayed for people twice. He prayed for a blind guy twice. You know why? The first time, the guy wasn't all the way healed. Jesus prayed for one blind guy twice because the first time he wasn't all the way healed. That means it's okay for us to pray twice or three times. All right, kids, if you're with somebody, put your hands right back on their shoulders again. Don't get too serious. Don't close your eyes. Don't bow your head and close your eyes. Head up, eyes open. Everybody head up and eyes open. I know you never heard that before, maybe, but it's okay. You know, it doesn't even say in the Bible, bow your heads and close your eyes, ever. It's not in the Bible. So we're going to open our eyes, heads up, and I want you kids to say, Jesus, say, Jesus, in your name, this shoulder needs to work. Shoulder, work the way you're supposed to. Right now. Pain? Get out of there. Friction? Get out of there. Holy Spirit? Get in there. Work in there. Fix it up. Shoulder? You behave yourself. Right now. Amen. All right, now I want you to check it again. Sometimes you just got to pray like a kid. Sometimes you just got to have fun. How are you feeling, sir? Much better. Much better. Like what percent? Probably 70%. 70% percent better. Come on, Jesus. Thanks, God. <laughs> Kids. Okay, listen to me. How are you feeling? Can you check it? You don't have any pain in your shoulders right now. Did you have it before? Yeah, you had some pain, a little pain when you came in. Your shoulder feels fine. Come on. Okay, so her shoulder feels fine. His shoulder is at 70%. What's going on with you guys back here? Can you tell me? Can you tell me what's going on? It feels a lot lighter. Like it was heavy weighted down. Now it feels lighter. Did you have like mobility problems? No, just like... What was it? It doesn't work. Is it working though now? Come on. And it feels lighter. Come on, Jesus. How about you, sir? Can you, what's, what are you sensing? What are you feeling? Huh? It's a lot better. Can you, what percentage would you say? 60, 70%? Come on. Come on, Jesus. All right, kids. Kids, look at me. Some of these guys are all the way healed. Pastor, what's, how, how do you feel? About 50%. Come on. All right, so God's doing something. A bunch of people are healed, and a bunch of people are partway healed. So kids, kids, what do you think your homework assignment is? For Kids Church this week, what's your homework assignment? I'll tell you. Your homework assignment is the next time you see these guys, you get them.
You go after their shoulders. You go right for their, you're like, I'm sorry, I have a homework assignment. I need to pray for your shoulder. I'm sorry, sir. I have a homework assignment from Pastor Seth. It's my church, kids' church assignment. I need this, my live wire assignment. I need to put my wire in there and electrocute the pain out. Does that make sense, kids? This is your homework assignment. Let's give Jesus a hand, and then we're going to do a couple more things. You guys can sit down. Okay, Stephen, I got a word for you guys. I just wrote down Stephen as soon as we were in worship. I totally blanked that you're Stephen. Um, and sir, you're, you're Stephen too? Well, I'll just give it to both of you. Um, I heard Stephen even ground. And I felt like the Lord said, I'm making the crooked places straight. You know, I think it was Solomon that said, there's nothing new under the sun. And then Paul says, oh, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. All things are new. And so there's nothing new under the sun until Jesus gets involved and then all things become new. And so I... I just felt like God is making crooked places straight. He's evening out the ground. He's, he's making it even. He's making it straight. He's making it clear. And you guys are moving into a time of discovering what he's done in you more than ever before. Michelangelo said, I saw the angel inside the stone, and I carved to set him free. And I feel like God is going to carve off anything that... He's going to carve stuff off so that you see who he's really made you to be. He's not, he doesn't have to change you. He just has to show you who you are. I feel like you're in this time of discovering who God has made you to be for Stephen and Stephen. And you're going to see crooked places made straight, uneven places made smooth, and even Stephen, even ground is what I got. And now if, like, I know yesterday someone said, there's a little boy that has type 1 diabetes. Is there anyone that has diabetes in here that we could pray for? Does anybody have diabetes? If you do, would you please stand up? Is that my, are you my friend? Okay, stand up, will you, buddy? What's your name? You can stay there. You can stay there with your parents. What's your name, buddy? What's your name? Can you tell me? You don't want to tell me? It's okay. You don't have to tell me. Maybe I already know it. No, I don't. <laughs> what is it? Jesse. Jesse, my friend. My cousin's name is Jesse. Is there anybody else with diabetes? Either type 1 or type 2? Yeah. Can we pray for you, sir? Would you stand up? <clears throat> anybody else? Come on, I know. These are things the doctors say can't be healed, but so is brain cancer. And we know brain cancer can be healed. We know God likes to heal it. We know God thinks it's fun. He enjoys it. Yeah. Of course you can stand for him. Of course. You guys have, to, okay. Kids, I need your help again. Quick, go to one of these guys. Can we get some kids with Jesse over here? Get some kids with Jesse, your buddy. <clears throat> kids, I'm going to lead you in this quick, we're going to pray quick. I'm going to lead you in a quick prayer. These guys probably can't check it out. Because diabetes is something you can't really check, I don't think, right away. You have to, like, check your blood. You have to do all this stuff. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Kids, 
These guys need their bodies to either make insulin or receive insulin. They need their pancreas and their insulin to be normal. So kids, here's what I want you to pray. Put your hands right on them. Put your hands right on them and say, in Jesus' name, name. diabetes, Diabetes. get out. out. Pancreas, Pancreas. work properly. properly. Insulin, Insulin. do what you're supposed to do. Body, receive the insulin. Lord, get all this diabetes out. Kids, here's what I I just saw a picture. Remember, we only do what we see God doing. I want you to take your hand like a gun. Get your hand out, go, and I want you to aim it right at their pancreas. (laughs) Wherever it's at. It's like right, it's somewhere in here. It's somewhere in here. Aim it right at their pancreas. Aim it. You're going to shoot the diabetes out, and you're going to shoot the power of God into their pancreas. My one friend, he teaches kids to pray for their sick. He says, kids, your hands are loaded. Everybody go. Just cock that gun. Get it ready. You guys are in Minnesota, so you're okay with guns. (laughs) California, we don't like guns. That's okay. We just use bazookas when we pray for people. All right, kids, aim it at the pancreas and say, Diabetes? In Jesus' name. Shoot it again. God, we pray that all these people will get results from the doctor, returns, reports from the doctor that their blood is normal, their insulin is normal, their pancreas is back. God, give new pancreases, even new pancreas, where the pancreas needs to be brand new and made new. God, put a brand new pancreas in there. Just put it in. Make everything work the way it's supposed to. Because these kids trust you. These kids believe you. We believe you, Jesus. We agree with you, Jesus, that this diabetes will be gone from their bodies. Just like that cancer was gone from that lady. Just like the shoulder pain gone. The mobility back. God, restore everything to these people. In your name we pray. Amen. Why don't you guys say thank you to the kids? And then let's say thank Give the kids a hand, will you? Thanks, God. Thank you, kids, for all your help. Thank you for all your help. Now, why don't you say thank you to Jesus? Come on. Give him a hand. Thanks, Jesus. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Now we're going to pray a serious prayer. Super serious prayer. Put your hands on your hearts. Say, Lord... Make me a pickle. Make me, just soak me in your thoughts. Soak me in your words. Soak me in your beliefs. God, change me so I'm not a cucumber. I'm a pickle. I want to be a pickle inside the Holy Spirit, inside your thoughts, inside you. Jesus, I absorb you right into me so I'm never a cucumber again. I'm a pickle for Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.
And I want you to know that He can give you today a new future. We hope this message has been a blessing to your life. A copy of this message and additional Destiny Church materials are available at destinychurchexit77.org.